This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Your brain needs support. And new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L-theanine, and caffeine. Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus. Stay chill or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y dot com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Hello, everybody. This is Marshall Poe. I'm the editor of the New Books Network. NBN listeners like to read books and buy them. So we thought we'd tell you that right now, our friends at Princeton University Press are having a remarkable site-wide sale. You can get 50% off books, including ebooks and audiobooks, with the code 50, F-I-F-T-Y, at checkout until May 31. You can save some real money on Princeton University Press books. I encourage you to go there and check it out. Welcome to the New Books Network. Hi, this is Rebecca Buchanan, host of New Books Network, New Books and Popular Culture. And today I am here with Nancy Pedry, who is the author of A Concise Dictionary of Comics. Nancy, thanks for being here with me today. Thank you, Rebecca, for inviting me. I'm excited to start our conversation. Could you start out by talking a little bit about um, how this dictionary came to be, why you decided that um, putting this together was something that needed to be done? Okay, so that's a pretty amazing story, if I say so myself. I was at a comics conference at Michigan State University. They have a comics forum conference every year. I think they're going to change that a little bit, but I was there in 2018. And I was there with my brother because I thought, wow, this is a really cool place to get together, look at comics, listen to fans and academics, look at some new practitioners, see some new art. And the keynote speaker there was a woman named Diana Schutz. And she is, uh, um, for those in comics, she's been in the industry for 40 years as an editor. So she's on a very different side of of things than I am, who's who's an academic. Anyway, she was giving the keynote address to a group, like I said, of fans, creators, and academics, young scholars, older scholars, midlife scholars, all sorts of people. And, you know, extremely well attended. We were in this tight, tight room. And she starts, uh, at one point, she devoted quite a bit of attention to the fact that Comics terminology is a mess, a total disaster zone. And she was going on and on and on about this. And I thought, oh, my heavens, like, that's a message to be giving a group of very enthusiastic um, scholars of different ages. So I challenged her, Rebecca. I got up and I I said, like, you can't, you know, people are trying their best and I understand what you're saying and this kind of thing. And I and she talked back and we were going back and forth. And at one point I said, you know, we should carry the conversation into another venue or something because we're dominating the whole discussion. But, you know, she she was on to something. She literally was saying that um, scholars aren't talking to people who are in the business. Um, 
on the other end, and they aren't talking very much with academics. Comic scholarship has now moved into, I'd say, late adolescence. (laughs) And so, you know, something needed to be done. Anyway, from there, I walked away thinking, oh my goodness, like, I think I maybe didn't do it correctly. I was kind of, I don't know, I felt good and not good about what transpired there. Um, But then I got an email from her. And she said, oh, my goodness, you're Nancy Pedri. We should talk. And that started a whole conversation. And from that conversation, she said, you know, we're on the same page and you're the woman to do a dictionary. And that is how I fell into this idea, which is crazy all around, of writing a dictionary. Um, That's the story. (laughs) There have been comic dictionaries before. You you kind of like, so this is set up and and maybe you can... Well, let's start with this. So there have been comic dictionaries before. So could you talk a little bit about kind of um, what has been out there and how this is a bit different than and and how this sort of adds to that sort of dictionary scholarship? <laughs> yeah. So there are. you're right. There are other dictionaries out there. I mentioned a few of them in my introduction. My introduction is quite short to this dictionary um, because I didn't know really what to write in an introduction. <laughs> to be honest, but for a dictionary, because it is a project that's outside of the the regular type of projects I do. But some of those dictionaries include, for instance, um, a very recent one, 2007, is Kaboom, um, a dictionary of comic words, symbols, and onomatopoeia. And it's a fun dictionary with all the bam, wham, kaboom kind of (laughs) uh, words. This is by Kevin Taylor, came out in 2007. Another one a lot of people go to is the Lexicon of Comicana um, by Mort Walker. This one has been recently um, reissued in 2000, but it was originally written in 1980. There are dictionaries online. some of them are, are um, you know, like a glossary of comic book terms um, by Trevor Van, Van Ass, for instance. So there are some of those online ones. Um, and we weren't the first, Diana and I, to see that there's a problem with our terminology or that the terminology needs to be ironed out a little bit. Um, recent, very recent studies that have come out are dictionary-like books that have come out are Keywords for Comic Studies. This came out in 2020, um, and it's edited by three people. There's about 55 entries, maybe three pages long each, two pages to three pages. And more recently, uh, another group of three editors put out a book called Key Terms in Comic Studies. This is in 2020 by by, um, Springer. So, the difference is that those books that I mentioned, the first ones are fun and quirky and some words are invented and they're just really fun, witty projects. Um, and the last two are more encyclopedic in their approach. They have, um, they're written by academics for academics. My dictionary is, um, has a thousand plus terms those terms are divided into thematic groupings at the end of the book um, so that you everybody can use it, like scholars can use it, but students as well as, as fans. Um, also, the entries, 
I tried really hard to keep them as short as possible because I wanted to speak to everybody. The aim of, of my dictionary was really to try to bridge the gap between um, academics and comics publishers. Um, and in fact, um, Diana <laughs> has now included it on her latest um, course on comics editing. So my book tried to go out of its way to speak to anybody interested in comics and, and try to make us, help us talk the same language. Um, yeah, so that's what I think is the big difference. It also doesn't tell you what a certain term does in a comic book. I think comics are very malleable. So I held back from saying, for instance, background details can do this in the story world. I left that to readers because I think they can do a thousand different things. And so I didn't go into lengthy discussions. Um, I didn't go into any lengthy discussions, but especially about the narrative function of various um, terms or concepts. And there's a number of, uh, I think, really helpful things in here, right, for a variety of, like you were saying, for academics, for fans, for students. So one of the things you do for most every entry, you have sources listed. And so can you talk about that decision, kind of what that looks like in the book and, and why you thought that that was important to have in there? Yeah, so I thought, okay, I've been writing on comics for about uh, 15 years or so. And I thought, how would I use this book? And I have used my book. This is actually very funny. <laughs> I find myself going to my own book. So I, I find that kind of cool and weird. But anyway, there you have it. It is what it is. But um, I thought, what would I need? And what did I need at various stages in my career as a writer for like a comics critic? And one of those things is, is resources. I need to know where to find articles on a certain thing. And of course, comic scholars are, I think, pretty cool people. And they, they have titles that don't necessarily reflect what's inside their articles. Um, some of these articles are found because of the, the extreme diversity of disciplines from which various scholars come from. They can be found in journals that aren't familiar to comic scholars, um, so obscure journals or, or journals outside of our field and even outside of literary fields. So I wanted to offer, I wanted to showcase a variety of research um, and also emphasize or highlight how that research comes from many different angles, many different disciplines, um, that it's much, that it's extremely broad. Of course, that's part of the problem with the terminology and, and trying to iron it out a bit. But it's also some of the, the what makes our field so incredibly rich is that is that you get perspectives, questions, concepts that are that are literally wandering in from different fields to try to explain some of the the issues that people are raising for consideration. So that's why I have that there. Yeah, I will say when I saw that, I will say as a as someone who works, you know, we do not have a comic study. My department doesn't have a comics course or comic studies, but often have students, master's students who come in 
want to work with comics um, or have part of their thesis be with comics. And I was like, this is really great because they can look up if I'm interested in Marvel or Captain. I have one who's working on Captain America right now. Right. And so they can kind of look and see, oh, this is the thing I'm looking at. And maybe these are some extra sources that I can read. So I love that kind of aspect of it. (laughs) Yeah. Another part that that I think accentuates um, the usefulness of the of the dictionary are really these this index and thematic groupings. I thought, okay, oftentimes I find myself seated at my desk and I'm thinking, I'm, I'm I want to describe a panel, and I want to describe something visual about that panel, but you know, I'm not going to read the dictionary <laughs> from A to Z, right? I need. a a tool to help me locate a word in an efficient fashion. And that's what those thematic groupings are like. Um, So, you know, there's comics collecting, comics culture, comics form. Then there's also visual elements. So if you have a student who's, who's struggling to find a term to describe a certain angle, a presentation, or a certain, I don't know, a certain feature or detail, visual detail, then they can at least reduce the amount of terms they have to go through. Um, And I think that's a good way to also learn some of these these terms that we wouldn't otherwise come across. So the list of terms is actually something that I I was particularly keen on having. Um, We struggled a little bit with uh, the editor, like the, the editors at the university press trying to figure out what to call them. What to call these groupings of words? We that so that they could be functional. And at the end, we came up with this index of thematic groupings. And and I I think they they had uh, I think that's a good good way to call them. Yeah, I was going to ask you sort of how you um, decided on the thematic group, like how you decided what what thematic groupings you wanted to include. Was it kind of things that worked well for you was it kind of like what works for you or were there was there any which again right if it works for you I wasn't sure if there's anything else behind that or if it was just like this is how I would group them so here's where that's going yeah Rebecca you're you're touching on on the craziness I'm doing scarecrow quotes around craziness of this project I realized that writing a dictionary is uh you know as one person is a very um odd thing to do in today's um, ideas of of how this type of scholarship should be done. Um, I'm going to go back to the origin story because it it gets even better. I, um, (laughs) I, you know, as as somebody who does a lot of research on comics, I started um, thinking, you know, how am I going to go about this? How am I going to collect these terms? Where are they going to come from? And you know, there's the ones I always use. I, I do a lot of work in graphic medicine. I do a lot of work in graphic memoir. So my terms are pretty clear, but that's I'm not representative of anybody, really. So, you know, I needed more terms and, and more ideas. And so I would find myself um, writing or researching my work, and then I would have a little iPad open with this ongoing... Um, this ongoing list of terms and sources and things like that. So it was always with me. And I would, I would, 
you know, start adding terms. And at the beginning, I literally thought I'd have something like, I don't know, 70 terms. And I have over 1,300 terms. I have like endless amounts of terms. So I got a little bit carried away and started seeing this thing grow and grow and grow. Um, And there's some fields that I'm not as well-versed of in, obviously, as other fields. And so when I would find some of those thematic groupings came came across in those type of ways because I thought, okay, I don't have anything about collecting. I'm not a collector um, and I don't publish on collecting. So I would reach out to other people and say, you know, talk to me. I need, I'm doing this dictionary. I also didn't want to tell a lot of people till it came out there because I was really... <laughs> I was really afraid of this project and totally immersed in it and enjoying it. But I I always felt like, oh, my goodness, Pedri, what are you doing? Um, So there was a little bit of that happening also. Um, I felt very vulnerable in this project, very exposed, very open to critique. Um, And it's starting to trickle in, and that's fine as well. And I, I welcome it because... I do hope to have a second edition out, and which is even more um, helpful. But anyway, that's how they came about. I started asking people. I had people second, uh, you know, check all of my entries. So um, I had something like five GA students, four or five GA students look at um, if the language was clear enough. And then I had professionals in different fields Um, that I hired um, to review my entries. And they, one came back and said, you don't have any collecting terms. So that's how comics collecting came. And then I did research. Like any one of us would, I sat down and started reading articles on comics collecting and started filling in my terms. Um, So that's how how those groupings came came into being. Yeah, and I thought that was... That was really interesting for me to be able to see, like you said, like I would, you know, look through and be like, oh, um, I never thought about all those. I like you mentioned collecting, but there's certain areas that I was like, oh, that's really interesting. I never thought about that. I knew that was part of comics, but thinking about what terms you would use or how you would talk about it um, in certain ways. So I thought that was really helpful. Um. Another thing you have um, throughout it is illustrations. So not every entry has illustrations, right? Some of them do. And it was um, Chuck Howitt uh, did the illustration. And could you talk about, I don't know if you chose what was illustrated. How did like, what gets illustrated and what does not? (laughs) So I um, am a firm believer that artists can surprise and that artists can can create something that um, really dazzle you in ways that you wouldn't have predicted. So I gave very little instruction to Chuck. I said to Chuck, listen, I have this dictionary. I want it to be uh, inviting. I want someone to look at the cover and think, wow, that's not scary. That's actually fun. Um, I would like some of the entries to be illustrated. And I said, you know, at the time, the dictionary was much slimmer. (laughs) So I said, you know, 25, 27 should be okay. Um, 
for the second edition, if if it comes out, I hope to, to, I mean, I know it's weird to talk about the second edition right away. So that's why I always say if it comes out, but um, I would like more illustrations. The illustrations aren't really, I think it was my, it was my way of having people think through images so they're not just simple illustrations they're supposed to provoke a little chuckle here and there they're supposed to make you think oh okay I get it they're also supposed to teach you how the visual language of comics can add to the narrative can expand on a definition um, can have many, many, many layers of meaning to it. So they're not illustrations in a traditional sense of, you know, let me show you what the definition says. They're more um, meant to engage you um, a little bit deeper in some of those definitions. So I didn't give him a lot of directive. I didn't give him very much at all. And I didn't even say which ones. I said to Chuck, you know, I have this project. Would you like to illustrate it? Um, he was on board. I've never met Chuck. I knew of him. Um, and and I let him do his magic. I, I left him on his own. Well, it's super fun. Like, and it's, I was wondering because it's really fun. There's some that um, are very much like, I just opened it up to negative space, right? And they're, like you said, there are others that, um, I like like the meta comics where we get to see the illustration um, being drawn by the pencil on top of that. So there's some really neat images throughout as well, right? And all black and white um, throughout it. Were there certain, um, when you were doing this, like you said, you did, you know, there were some terms you were like, I'm, this is what I do. This is what I get. And there were other things you um, ended up researching. Were there certain terms that, you were, I don't know if excited to find out about, or if this is the right way to ask that question, but were there were there terms or ideas that you were like, oh, this is like something completely kind of new or something I've never really thought about that I need to make sure I include? I, you know, that happened a lot with the terms that and the fields that I don't know. Like even something like, um, you know, a chewed page where rodents would chew on, on a page or, or, you know, sunspots and things like this. I thought people actually talk about this stuff. Like there's terminology for it. So yes, there's some of that happening for sure. Um, there's some terms that I'm sure I could have gone. Um, I could have done more research with a challenge of this project was that I always felt that I was never finished, that it was never completed. And at one point, I just had to say, enough, stop, give it to the world, and then, you know, see what comes back and, and, and adjust it, um, expand on it, do things that the readers would like to see more of. So, yes, there was a lot of learning. Um, there was uh, quite a bit of hesitation. There's also... Um, one of the biggest challenges, I guess, in defining terms that I wasn't familiar with was to figure out who knew what they were talking about and who kind of didn't. Um, so that was difficult. So, you know, I would try to find as many sources as possible and come up with a, 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 a definition that 
nobody in those sources would really contest. And when I came up with opposing definitions or things that really couldn't be married very easily, um, I would call someone up. I would literally go into my community of people and say, listen, I, I, I don't really know. Is it this or that? Um, so there are these hidden co-authors, I guess, um, that helped me through, <laughs> through the entire process. Um, but like I said, as a, as a, I didn't want to, to do what other um, dictionaries and keyword term books are doing right now, um, and that is giving away entries. Because the entries were so short, that was one of my main ideas. So I didn't think it was correct, really, to to ask someone to write um, to write one of these short definitions. I mean, the definitions run between you know a line or three lines, and not more. Yes, yeah, some of them. Um, the definition is shorter than the list of yeah. sources, right? <laughs> That's right. That's right. But in that way, it's really managed. Like you were talking about thinking about multiple audiences. Like I see this as something that's really manageable to even use with like high school students, you know, with anyone who who's right to be able to say, OK, if you want to write about this, there's a language you need to use to write about that. So um, this is an accessible way to find and talk about that language, talk about it and use that language. Yeah, the idea was that it be a compendium for for many people, you know, that it's just right there at hand. I insisted with the with uh, University of Mississippi Press, I insisted that they please keep the price as low as possible. Um, I think they achieve that with the um, soft cover, the hard cover is a little bit pricey. Um, I, I really wanted it, you know, I was aiming for a $15 book. I really wanted it as a as a kind of um, thing that you people would add on to a course, or um, that scholars would just have it there, regardless of what stage you're at in comic studies. Um, I thought anybody writing on comics, anybody correcting writing on comics, or your editors and people like that, it might be a useful resource. That was the and it has to be quick because when you're in those tasks. You don't want to get sidetracked reading three pages of an explanation on what a panel is. Like, you just want to know what the panel is and move on, right? <laughs> so, quick, fast, precise move. Yes, <laughs> <That> was... <laughs> no, I mean, <laughs> amen. That's all what I'll say, right? No, because it made me, right, I was, I was like, oh, this is, would be great if I were just like, all right, I just need to figure out how to say that. And I don't have to look at like, because oftentimes there's like, in, in some more academic dictionaries, it would be like, okay, then see this site and this site and this, like you have to go through like 40 pages to find the one thing. And this doesn't, this is really user-friendly in that way where I'm like, or if you're reading, I'm like, is this the term I really want to use? And you can go to this and be like, okay, sidelining. There it is. It's telling me it's a noun and I can read quickly what it is. (laughs) That's right. That was the idea, right? Not a lot of reading and not distracting you from the task at hand, which is writing your article or, or correcting someone else's work or whatever. That was the idea. Yeah. So, you talk about like a possible this this idea of the second edition or this is sort of kind of changing. Are you collecting work? Are you like collecting? Uh, yeah. Like so? So what is like? Uh, what well, is? 
<laughs> what are some of the critiques thus far? Yeah. Is that I mean, what you're well, asking me, Rebecca? Like, you want me uh, yeah. to shamelessly put them out there? Yes, but like, what is like, you know, what are you like? Oh, um, I mean, maybe I should, well, we could start with, well, we could start with that. Like, what would you include in a second edition? And then what are you super happy about, like, that you included in this? <laughs> so I am collecting. There's only, I mean, it's only been out a month, right? Like, go you for jumping on it or even, I don't even think it's a month old yet. So that's kind of neat. And I, and I chuckle a little bit when people say I'm reading your dictionary. <laughs> I can't tell you how many times I would go downstairs and say to my husband, Oh, I've just read the phone book again. Like it's, there's something about reading a dictionary that twists your brains into weirdness. So, you know, go you guys, whoever's reading it. I, I don't really know what that means, but go you. <laughs> um so I just know of one review thus far, and that's by John Lent, very respectable uh, comic scholar, who reviewed it on a blog for the Comics Journal. And um, he took my cue. Um, in the introduction, I say that, you know, uh, of course, there's going to be shortcomings. Some were decisions that I made, um, and some were just oversights. And please, you know, bring them in. So... Part of the vulnerability is to be open and humble to suggestions, to to solicit the the input from my community and others who are, you know, from anybody, really. Um, and some of his uh, comments um, that, that are, are were framed in a way that said they were to help me for, towards the second edition were things like... Um, there was a claim that there aren't so many terms. Uh, there isn't an even distribution of terms under each of the letters. So some letters are quite light. Um, and like, go him for seeing that. This is true. And I tell you, I had to go in at the end and say, oh, my God, I don't have a K. <laughs> so go in. You know, I was missing letters in the alphabet. So, um, so you know, I did a... Uh, so I'm collecting terms for letters that's in my hands and not this is a very strange you know that's a bit tricky that one Um, but one thing that was mentioned is for instance um, uh, a shortage in foreign terms so like if you're going to do manga and and things like that why aren't you doing other terms so some some oversight you know you have fumetti but you don't have a Korean comic term things like that or comic um so why isn't that there so that would be something i would rectify or try to rectify in a second edition um another thing um that uh was brought to my attention was the fact that i didn't have sources some some terms would have like a source uh you know like gatekeeper for instance would have someone who invented or coined that term. That one's a little bit trickier, I think, because a lot of people would like to to maybe claim the term or things like that. And and that would take a lot of um you don't want to misname the person either, right? Like you don't want to give false information. And sometimes it's it's better just not to say than to say. 
So that might be something that that in a second edition would require a little bit of thought. And I haven't resolved that issue yet because I, I'm not certain that's something that I would feel comfortable doing. Um, and then how about if for one term you don't give the source um, and, you know, concepts and terms have traveled since antiquity. So is it really new because somebody put it in a, in a comics context? I don't know. These are questions I would ask myself as I, as I sit down for the next one. And another thing is some terms that were either poorly defined. Um, I, I suspect I'll get some of those. I can't imagine I wouldn't. You know, someone saying, you know, if you're an expert in, in something that uses this term quite often, why not send it in and we'll fix it. Um, so there's also some of that, perhaps, right? It is, a, it is like I said, 1,300 terms. I've only been in the field 15 years and I'm only on the academic side. So there are limitations to, to, to me. <laughs> you know, there's, there's limited... My knowledge base is not perfect, is what I'm saying. But like, so what things are you really happy? Are there is there certain things that you're super excited about? I mean, we've talked about some of them, but is there anything else that you're just really happy that this does? I mean, no dictionary has the same amount of terms for every letter of the alphabet. Just say it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm giving you heart emoji right now. Um, Rebecca, I love the dictionary. It makes me happy. It literally makes me smile. I love the color of it. People are saying the title page looks like Curious George. I think that's an added bonus. I love the queerness of the title page. I think it's just cute and fun. I think it's a valuable tool. I really, really believe that it was necessary. I believe um, in its functionality. I, Like I said, I use it. And, and I crafted it, <laughs> you know, I created it. I'm, I'm, I think the, the um, sources at the end um, will expand and expand and expand. It might, you know, I might um, have, to, have to think through that again. You know, those two might have to be um, divided according to, to letters, you know, you might have uh, the inclusion of an A, B, C, D also in the in the works cited list. I love that in those those works cited list in the bibliography there are, you know, the go to people, but also people whose names many of us have not heard of. I really wanted younger scholars to have an equal playing field, if you wish, <laughs> equal representation. I tried really hard to get people in um, in that bibliography that a lot of people would think, oh, we don't know them. We're not going to quote them. I find in comic scholarship, we need to start quoting and using the work of some of these younger minds, some of these less established minds. I think they go at problems with a clean eyes. Um, they're not as as... They're not as poised, let's say, as a as an older scholar, and so I love that there's younger people in it. Um, the dictionaries already getting translated into Portuguese and Brazil, so like that just excites me to pieces because <laughs> wow, somebody is reading it for real, <laughs> cover to cover. So I I love that the dictionary gave me happiness. 
I, I don't know how to say that. It's a project that scared me and frightened me, but it came out of this exchange with a scholar whom I didn't know much about. And that exchange brought something into the world that I, I had fun crafting and that I actually believe was needed much more than some of the other work I write and do. <laughs> well, I will just second, I mean, I do like it uh, for, I mean, those of you, since this is, you know, you're listening to this, it's this gorgeous, it's like a, this blue cover and it's very handheld, right? You can throw it in your bag. It fits yeah. well with like, it's not too big, right? It can fit with a, a journal. You have a journal and you can just slide this in. So it is, it's this user-friendly. And like I said, I could see using it with multiple ways in a class, right? A classroom setting, as well as when you're doing research and trying to find that information out um, instead of, yes, running around to like 30 different websites and or books or texts. Um, and it just came out. So my kind of, you know, one of my sort of final questions is always like, are, is there, are you promoting this in any way? Like what's out there, right? Like, you know, are you, is there anything that you're doing with this or is there any new project that you're working on that you sort of want to promote or put out there? Like, what are you doing now that um, this is done? <laughs> yeah. So this one came out this month um, or just last month. And a project that I have worked on, I co-authored um, a book um, for Ohio State University Press that's called Experiencing Visual Story Worlds, Focalization in Comics. And for those who, who are in narratology and comics, or for anybody who knows anything about me, they know that um, my, my co-author and I, Silke Horskote and I, have been working on this book for years, um, and it's coming out next month. So how exciting is that? COVID has been a very productive little time and gotten two big babies off my desk. Um, that other book is, um, like I said, it's on focalization. It, it looks at various comic genres um, and looks at perspective or how we take a phenomenological approach. So we're to focalization and we try to look at how um, readers get engaged in the lived experience of characters in comics. And we look mostly at visual storytelling practices. But as I'm saying this, you can hear right away, it's a very different type of book. It's a heavy um, book. Um, that said, again, I don't believe in writing in a jargon-laden fashion. So uh, I'm hoping it's approachable to to maybe, you know, third year undergrad all the way to researchers in, in comics. So that's coming out this month um, with Ohio State University Press, who, who has a strong narratology series, so storytelling practices, and a strong um, comic series. So that was a good home for that book. Um, so that's that's it. And then I'm writing a lot on migration in comics. It seems to be the hot topic. I've been asked, you know, I think I have four articles that I need to draft on migration, immigration, refugees, things like this in comics. A lot of work to be done there. Yes. No, I, I will say I have a student who's doing um, a project on looking at 
immigration and migration in graphic text. So yes, it's, it's, and she's, there's no, um, there are so many sources out there. So much coming. It's yeah. like <laughs> every day it's like, I found another one. So yeah. yeah. But Rebecca, you're right. I mean, I said earlier that comic studies is perhaps in its adolescence, um, it's in its twenties, you know. It's starting to, it's starting to go away now into adulthood. It's, it's going to, and that's an exciting time for anybody who wants to study comics. It's, it's the right time for these type of dictionaries and and the key term books that I had mentioned. It's the right time because people are starting to, we no longer have to justify our field. And we're getting perspectives from, you know, the eco-critics are coming in, the, the migration, social, other social issues. Um, and we're starting to see, you know, besides comics creation, um, that you can't even stay on top of it almost anymore. I'm, I'm reading like a crazy woman. And, and comics theory, it is exploding constantly, growing and growing and growing, which is very exciting to see. Mm-hmm. Well, you know what? It's been so wonderful talking to you about your dictionary. Like, <laughs> this is great. And I agree. Like, this is something that, um, yes, I feel like we're at a point where you don't need to um, give your students, I mean, you should, but you, you don't need to give them only this huge, like, text theory heavy book about, like, read and argue that comics should be something we discuss and look at, right? You can also say, hey, there's lots out there. It is established. It's a field. (laughs) Um, And, you know, so you can, like, use the dictionary. You can use these things to sort of see how what you're looking at fits into that field. Yeah. And I do want to to really urge all listeners to send in your comments, your corrections. I mean, do so in kindness. I think we all have to practice kindness all around. But I... (laughs) I really believe that, even outside of my dictionary. Um, but I, I do hope that together the community um, can create a tool that that helps a lot of people as moving forward in our field, really. Nancy, it's been so great talking to you again. This is Nancy Pedry, who is the author of A Concise Dictionary of Comics. So thanks for talking with me for New Books and Popular Culture. Thank you, Rebecca. It was a pleasure to meet you and to talk with you. Bye-bye.